Hi, everyone. This is your host, Sarah Barnes, and you're listening to the Top Artist Podcast. In cities around the world, there are people who are experiencing homelessness. We might pass these folks on the street, but we don't get to know them. Without knowing their names or anything about them, it can be easy to walk by them without a second thought. But that's not the case for my next guest, artist Brian Peterson. He's gotten to know many people who exist on the fringes of society, not just their names, but he really talks to them and gets to know them. We're humans after all. We all have the desire for safety and security and things that we want to achieve during our time on Earth. With this in mind, Brian created the nonprofit organization called Faces of Santa Ana. The premise is simple. They paint portraits of their neighbors experiencing homelessness and learn who they are, their stories, as well as their hopes and dreams. When the artworks are sold, the money goes to the person to help them live out some of their hopes, dreams, wishes, and desires. Faces of Santa Ana has been around since 2015, and its endeavors and reach has grown over time. But at its core, it's about connecting art and community. Art is a bridge between people and even art as a home, a place to come back to. Before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that you can watch a video version of this interview on the Top Artist YouTube channel. There, you'll be able to see what we're talking about throughout the course of the episode. Just click the link in the show notes to take a look. Let's start by learning about how one man helped inspire Brian to start Faces of Santa Ana. The idea for it, it's funny because it didn't really happen as an idea. It wasn't me sitting in my living room one day wondering how I can use my art to impact my community. It actually happened because I was reading a book called Love Does. The book is about what it means to make love in action. Love is a verb. And I heard these screams coming from a man experiencing homelessness right outside of my window in downtown Santa Ana. And so I'm reading about love in action. I'm reading about loving my neighbor. I'm reading about making love part of my life. And I hear the screams from my neighbor. And I looked at my wife and I said, we got to get to know this guy. We actually used to refer to him as the screaming homeless man. Like before my heart was in the right place, I used to say like, oh, there goes that guy screaming again. There goes my good night's sleep, you know, this kind of thing. And I went out to meet him the next day and I sat and had a conversation with who I labeled the screaming homeless man, but I actually found out his real name was Matt and that he was a person with hopes and dreams and, and a future that he was walking and running towards. And in that first conversation, it was like, it was the weirdest thing to me. I saw beauty on the face of a man who hadn't shaved in probably a year, had overgrown fingernails, probably hadn't had a shower in close to a year, but his story, the, the, the life inside of him inspired me. And I said, hey, Matthew, would it be okay if I painted a portrait of you? And that, that, that ask, that question came out of, it came out of nowhere. Like I didn't even prep myself to ask it. It's like it came straight from my heart to my lips. And he said, yes. And that was the start of what we now know as Faces of Santa Ana. But it started with one screaming man who I heard from my living room. It can be intimidating to approach strangers on the street. Many of us might not even consider it a possibility. But going up and talking to people he doesn't know is at the heart of Faces of Santa Ana. Even Brian gets nervous, but he's reframed this anxiousness as opportunity. Yeah, so, so that initial walk up to somebody that you don't know um, that you've never spoken to. I think a lot of people assumes it just comes easy. Maybe they think it's part of my personality. I don't think that's who I am naturally. If I'm honest, um, 
I have butterflies in my stomach. I'm scared. I don't know what to say. All these thoughts come up in my head of like, what if this conversation goes wrong? All those type of things. But what I've realized is that our breakthroughs, our, our next levels in life are on the other side of those fear moments. They're on the other side of risk taking. They're on the other side of stepping out of your comfort zone to, to, to do anything really, but in this case, to see another human being. And so I intentionally walk after those situations now. So is it easy for me? No, <laughs> but um, at the same time, it's helped me practice how to be authentic with people. Oftentimes my conversation with my neighbor might sound like this. Hey man, I don't, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know your name. My name is Brian. I don't fully know what to say, but I just have this feeling in my heart that I'm supposed to come talk to you. And so it's just authentic, actually, what's going on. Like, hey, I don't know what to say. This is who I am. Hi, right? And that's kind of how I approach these situations now. This has led Brian to meet all sorts of people and learn their stories. Of the people he's met, there are some who have continued to be in Brian's life long after he painted their portrait. One of them is a woman named Kim. One lady, her name is Kim. And um, we've had an amazing just journey thus far with Kim. Um, she's, she's, she's in a really great place right now. But I met Kim because I painted a guy. He loved this painting so much. He said, I want you to meet my drug dealer. <laughs> That's what he said. He loved this painting so much. He said, you got to meet my drug dealer. And it was the strangest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, is your drug dealer experiencing homelessness? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, cool. Like, let's do this, you know? And uh, so he took me to meet Kim, right? And Kim is completely okay with me telling the story. She tells, I take her places and she shares her testimony. But Kim was literally the one, probably one of uh, the dealers that were living in our, our sort of encampment here in our city. And what I found is that I sat with Kim and we ate Chinese food in front of her tent. And I just, I just found and saw her heart. You know, I saw the heart inside the person that looks like they were doing all the bad stuff right now. And, and something happened where the same way I told you I saw something special in Matt, I saw something special in Kim. You know, she was leading her community in a very negative way. But it turns out she was actually a leader. And she's meant to be a leader. She was just channeling it wrong. And so I've been on an incredible journey with Kim. We've, I had Kim speak to 6,000 people one time at a conference. And she gave her story and her testimony, which is, as you can imagine, full of really traumatic things. Everything from foster care to rape to prostitution to jail time. But it's very real, you know. And so I'm just happy that I can call her my friend. That I have a friend that is very, very much the opposite of me in every sense of the word. But through this relationship, she's now in like a beautiful healing journey. Thank God that I said yeah, like I'll meet your drug dealer, you know, and, <laughs> and I painted her and she loved her painting. One of the special things, Sarah, I always tell this story, Kim had a daughter while being on the streets. And so she never really got to care for her daughter like she would love to as a mom. And when Kim's painting sold, her daughter was in a situation where she needed to pay some of her rent. And Kim asked me, she said, Brian, with the proceeds from my painting, from the love account that we've raised money for, when the paintings sell, we use the money to help the person out. She said, can we pay my daughter's rent? And we went over there with a check. And for the first time ever, Kim was able to financially support her daughter. And they both like wept in my arms. <laughs> I'm like, man, all I did was paint you, right? But it was the most beautiful moment I think I've ever been a part of, sitting in this apartment and watching them weep together. 
It's the new year and we're all making resolutions. Hopefully, if you're like me, you're also resolving to make yourself and your well-being a priority in 2022. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in some self-help. They provide online personalized counseling that you can do from the safety of home. No more uncomfortable waiting rooms, and it's even more affordable than traditional counseling. As a new mom, BetterHelp is a lifesaver for me. Between juggling family and work, having someone to talk to is key. And BetterHelp means that I can have some dedicated me time without having to leave the house. BetterHelp will assess your needs and set you up with your own licensed professional therapist. These are all licensed professional counselors with different areas of expertise. You'll be able to send a message to them at any time, and if you feel it isn't a match, BetterHelp makes it easy to switch at any time, free of charge. So, join me in investing in yourself this year and visit BetterHelp. It's convenient, professional, confidential, and affordable. If you don't believe me, just check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com listener. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash listener. Stories are powerful. Stories are important. And for many of the buyers of Brian's work, it's the stories that help sell the paintings and in turn benefit the people who he's depicting. Every painting that I've sold through Faces of Santa Ana has been because of the story. Of course the buyers like the artwork, of course they're, they like the colors and these things. But everybody would say, man, that story really touched me. That story reminds me of my brother, my wife, my whoever, right? And so, you know, I think our brains are wired for story. Like we have, like the very machine that keeps us going is wired for narrative. And so I think stories are just important to who we are as people. And I think we all watch movies and listen to podcasts and, and engage ourselves in really unique stories. And what I've found is that some of the most compelling stories have been with people sleeping right outside of my apartment building, you know? And so you start to think, what are we missing? What are we missing by not engaging with people who are not like us, right? And so that's why I share the stories. I feel like as an artist, I'm just a storyteller. I'm telling the story of the narrative of the times that I currently live in. And so I hope 100 years from now, they'd be able to look at Brian Peterson's artwork and say, oh, this is what Santa Ana was like in this, you know, to some degree, right? And this population of people, this is what it was like. Stories not only help us understand people who aren't like us, but they create connections with others and make us more empathetic as we better understand the struggles and experiences of someone we previously didn't know. The stories change us, you know? Yeah. The, stories, the stories of other people are like our medicine sometimes too, you know? And they help us. I can't tell you how much I've grown in gratefulness and gratitude from, from having friends that are living in the margins of my community, you know? It's just an amazing thing to just involve yourselves in people's lives that way. We can never know what lies ahead in life, where the winding paths will take us. Although this can feel daunting and even a little scary, there's a lot of optimism in that. If we're lucky, time will help us find our purpose. When Brian began Faces of Santa Ana back in 2015, he didn't anticipate where his painting of Matt would take him. Before he started working on Faces of Santa Ana in a full-time capacity, he worked as an automotive designer. I went to school for automotive design. I worked for Kia Motors. It was my last job for about eight years. Eight or nine years I worked there. And um, now I'm a full-time artist. I work, I do a lot of murals and paintings, obviously. My life is completely different 
again, we can circle back because of Matt. <laughs> it's almost like the screaming man was, I honestly feel like those screams were for me. Like I needed to wake up. I know it looks like there was a man screaming outside of my building, but looking back today, like it's like I was almost like asleep, right? Like I needed to wake up because there were things that I was supposed to do that I wasn't doing, you know? And so that's how I feel about my life today. Brian mentioned murals. Although very different from his portraits, which have this incredible intimacy to them, the murals are obviously much larger. They are part of shelters and other places that are focused on helping people. About four years ago or so, I hadn't ever painted a mural in my entire life. I'd done a bunch of canvas work at this point. And this company reaches out to me and they asked me to paint a 200 foot mural on a project that they were building to house formerly homeless people. And so they say, we love your paintings. They're like, can you do a mural for us? And I'm looking at this daunting sized wall that was like, it felt like it went forever. And my response to them was yes. <laughs> so, so never been on a lift, never had used big equipment, never touched a spray can, but I just said yes, because I felt like it was something I was supposed to do. And um, I grabbed a buddy of mine who had done murals here in Orange County before, and we just teamed up and I said, let's do this, you know? And so my first mural job was about 200 feet long. And since then it has led to, I think I've done probably 20 murals, maybe more now. Um, and, and now in cities around the US, it's kind of growing to other places. And so it's taking the same idea, same philosophy of like dignifying art, art that shows love, life, hope, and we're just doing it a lot bigger now. And it's really cool to see how it impacts community. Painting these murals has led to some amazing moments for the people who see them every day. Brian says he'll never forget the first mural he and his team painted. And it's such a great reminder of how powerful it is when you can feel honored and seen. We actually used the people who were going to be housed in the building as inspiration for the mural. So their faces are on the wall. And one of the faces on the wall was a 13-year-old boy named Daniel who had grown up experiencing homelessness his whole life with his mom and his sister. And we're painting his face. We're 30 feet up on a lift. And um, he comes down and he's standing at the bottom of the lift with his dog. And he's just like floored, like almost tears in his eyes. And he's screaming at us saying, I've always wanted to be painted by someone. He said, thank you guys for checking this off of my bucket list. Right? Oh. And then so we asked him, we said, Daniel, on a scale of 10, we're yelling all of this, on a scale of 10, how good do you feel? And he's like, I feel like an 11, you know? And so this is the, this is the power of art. This was a 13 year old boy who was in and out of hotels, in and out of tents, you know, like his story, I couldn't even imagine. And then for him to come home every day and see himself dignified on the side of his own housing project or home um, what, what's better than that? And so, so this is, these are the kind of reactions we get when we get to paint shelters and projects to house the homeless and affordable living communities. All of these kind of things are, this is why we do it. This is our why. After years of only operating in Southern California, Faces of Santa Ana has expanded and now operates across the U.S. Beyond Santa Ana, Brian has named the larger operation Faces of Mankind. Starting a nonprofit is a lot of work. And it's not even something Brian wanted to do at first, until one day came a sign. I was presented with an opportunity a couple paintings in to start a nonprofit. And I had painted like five or six people. 
I really didn't want to start a nonprofit. And if I'm completely honest, after 20 people have told me start a nonprofit, I was extremely frustrated. And actually, it was like one day, it was like a prayer. This is what I said. Like, I looked up and I'm just like, God, if this is you, like, you have to tell me because I do not want to be a businessman. I don't want a nonprofit. Like, help me, you know? And the next day after that, someone reached out and gave me $3,500 and said, start a nonprofit. And so I knew when I started this nonprofit that this somehow intuitively, I knew it would exist in other cities besides my city. I was like, every artist can do this. Every artist can come alive and transform their community and their own life in the process. So I named the nonprofit Faces of Mankind, and we do business under Faces of Santa Ana, but now also Faces of Detroit, Faces of Anaheim, Faces of Riverside, and most recently Faces of Jackson, which is in Tennessee. And so each one of these chapters that I call them are locations. There's an artist like myself that is holding their brush and saying, I'm going to tell the stories of my neighbor. And so one guy, his name's Scott. He's in Detroit. Scott is on fire right now. It's funny. He's also a car designer. We went to the same college. He graduated years after me. But I don't know. He's probably painted nine or ten paintings now, and they've all sold. Um, He has news and media picking up his story. He's actually embarking in murals right now as well. But his life is on the same exact trajectory as mine. It's the most beautiful thing to watch. Same with Faces of Riverside. Faces of Anaheim is growing right now. There's 18 artists that were part of that group. And it almost feels like there's like this movement being birthed. And I never thought that I would be part of creating a movement. But I think when you lead with love, I think love always wants to multiply itself. You know, And so we are in the process of Yes, Faces of Mankind is the greater org, but how can we inspire artists in cities all around the world to say, I'm going to be a storyteller of the marginalized people in my community? So if someone listening to this is an artist and they want to get involved, how can they do that? For sure. They can actually head to www.facesofmankind.org. And when you scroll down to the end of that page, there's like a little sort of like submittal section, like if you want to join us, and it allows you, it's a Google form, and allows you to submit some questions that we ask, and then some of your work. And then us as a team, we review it, and if we love the heart and love the artwork and it's dignifying, we, we, we kind of, we aim to launch you into your dreams by just taking one action and getting to meet one person and saying yes and painting one painting. That's the start. Now we're turning it over to you, our listeners, for our Ask the Artist segment. We asked you to send us some of your questions for Brian, and we got some great responses. Okay, this first question is about your portraits. Do you keep in touch with any of the people you've painted in the past? All the time. Um, In the beginning, a friend of mine told me, Brian, he said, in this type of work you're engaged in, you will have fans, friends, and family. And so some of the people I paint, end up as fans, meaning I know them for a couple weeks, couple months really, and then I might not ever interact with them again. Others are friends, like every couple months we run into each other and it's like we never skipped a beat. And then a few other people are like family. These are the Kims, these are the Shannons, this is like Stevie Boy. Um, these are people that actually just show up to my door unannounced. Right now they could show up and knock on the door. <laughs> right? And so I know this and this has given me peace because I wanted everyone to stay connected. I want everyone as family, but I don't know if that would ever be sustainable. 
And so knowing that like it's seasonal, friends, fans, and family, um, I just make sure to really invest in the people who I feel are family. And here's another question. Many cities are trying to come up with solutions to help unhoused neighbors get back on their feet. As you've gotten to know many people who need help, what are some ways in which we can help those who have housing insecurity? So um, right off the bat, I don't think that I have the solution to end homelessness. I do think I have a solution to end hopelessness. <laughs> um, a lot of people have said, like, I've given them new hope in themselves, right? And so I, I view myself almost like a hope dealer. In terms of solutions to ending the housing crisis and, and how that pertains to people in our neighborhoods, um, in my personal neighborhood, there's a lot of organizations. There's Mercy House, Illumination. There's people actually on the ground doing the work. And so if you want to be involved with them, I would say find your local authority and figure out what they're doing. Make sure that it actually involves sort of like mental health and care and all the rehabilitation aspects that people would, would need to kind of step into to transition from the streets to a home, but support them in any way you can. Obviously financial is amazing, but there's also volunteer opportunities. Half of it is also just education. There's so much education that needs to be had on how to transition people from um, living on the streets to in a home. So just involve yourself in those kind of aspects of whatever's going on in your own city. But it's not easy. It's probably one of the hardest problems that we face as humans today. As I wrapped up my time with Brian, I asked him the question we've been asking every artist we've interviewed for the second season of Top Artist. What impact does he hope his art would have? I, I hope my work operates in the intangible impact of people's hearts. I hope that my work helps people see differently. If I can continue to go into elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and change the lens by which people normally see and help them see with eyes of hope and color and show them how to look differently, almost to look again at life, then that's the impact that I'm after. And I think that's the beauty of art is that I always reference this idea of like, there's something that happens when someone stands in front of a painting and they end up speechless. That means that there's something going on intangibly inside of their very being. That's the impact that I want my art to have, both on the people being painted and then also on the people, the, the viewers of my work, so to speak. And if I can achieve that, then, then I think automatically we'll grow to cities around the world, which is like the ultimate vision of Faces of Mankind. If you're interested in ways to help Brian and his nonprofit, Faces of Santa Ana, he has a few suggestions for how to do so. We love our just community online on Instagram and Facebook. So go ahead and give us a follow um, on Faces of Santa Ana Instagram and Facebook. <clears throat> but also we have, um, we have reoccurring donors that are like financial partners to us that just believe in art playing a role in compassion in cities around the globe. And so if you want to support financially, that's always an option. We are 501c3. I think the biggest support is just for humanity. Like, I think you can take everything that I've shared on this call and you can implement it with your own gift and skill set. My gift happens to be that I'm really good with a paintbrush. I'm terrible at spreadsheets where other people are good at that. <laughs> so what I'm saying is like, offer your gift for the sake of the people in your community that need you. And that is the best way to support what we believe. That's it for our chat with Brian Peterson. A huge thanks to Brian for speaking with us and sharing about the impact of art and community. I hope that it inspires you when thinking about where you live. 
Remember, if you want to see some of the work we discussed, you can follow us on Instagram at Top Artist Podcast, or go watch this episode on the Top Artist YouTube channel by following the link in the show notes. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you'll be notified every time we post a new episode or clip. We'll be back in two weeks when my co-host Sam Pierce will be here talking with another amazing creative who is making an impact with their work. If you like what you hear, tell a friend or two and leave us a review. In the meantime, you can get your fix of art and culture at mymodernmet.com. If you're a member, you'll get an ad-free reading experience and other great perks while helping to support the site. Just click the membership link at the top of the screen.